<laughs> Don't do that shit. <laughs> well, on that note, I'm going to also record back here just <laughs> in case <laughs> because rude. Can't I'm kind of obsessed with okay. this entire aesthetic right now, to be honest with you, including the unicorn. <laughs> the, the unicorn is its own presence. It has to be so here. Brett got that for Holland for his birthday, and it has it's actually just mostly mine at this point. I love that. <laughs> My Squishmallow. Oh, Taco is joining us. Hey, taco? Okay. Oh, I, sorry, Taco. Speaking of, I have to tell you, Taco. So... This happened last week and I was actually like, I almost texted you, but I was like, no, I'm going to save this so that we can talk about it in person. So like, I've been in this space where, because my cat's name is Fajita. Oh, right. And um, so like, <laughs> but you have always called her Taco and I love that. <laughs> but then like this past week, I had a particularly bad, not bad, I had a particularly potent ADHD day. And I was like out and about doing things and I come back home and she's just sitting there on the arm of the chair as she does, just owning the place. And I walked in and I was like, what's up, Crunchwrap? <laughs> Out of absolutely nowhere. Crunchwrap Supreme Cat. <laughs> Currently, she's sitting on my laptop sleeve, just ungovernable over there. Ungovernable. That's but we decided know. now that um, we're just going to continue adding oh, like foods, food related names, like Mexican food related names yeah. to her name until her yeah. government name is like 40 names long. Her government. Um, her government. You're going to register. <laughs> yes. Register with the government. She needs a social security. Number. I love you, Kcats. I love you. Yeah, so we have ta- Taco, Crunchwrap Supreme over there, and <laughs> Unicorn. The Unicorn. But, but we are gathered here today <laughs> because we need to hear uh, We need to hear all your updates. Yeah, there are so many like, updates. There's been so much going on with both of us, but I feel like... Yes. I don't know... Because it all just, like, I've been waiting, like, honestly, this year has been so interesting. So I, my birthday is this coming Saturday and I'm really excited about it. Usually like leading up to my birthday, I do a lot of unsurprisingly like reflection and just like looking back at what has happened over the course of the past year and like basically like making maps in my brain of all of the like thematic material so I can be like, okay, (laughs) This very enneagram four of you. It's very enneagram four of me. Like, what is the narrative? Was this INFP? If we're going Myers Briggs, ENFP. You nailed me. Got it. Um. So, like, this year has actually felt really. It's felt really challenging because I've still been doing a dick ton of like work and processing and all of the things. So every once in a while I hear like the words that we say literally in our sick foot. Well, what? <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> um, but like this year I made the conscious decision. I was like, I'm not going to do any like big programs or anything this year. I'm not going to do like a bunch of in-depth, like depth coaching or depth mentorship um, I'm not going to do any like group containers. I've done a couple of like one-off things. I've done stuff with you. I've worked with my friend Becca, um, who also does energy work. Um, so I've done like little things here and there, but for the most part, I kind of understood going in this year to be a year of integration and like taking all of the shit that I have like processed through and dug up since Joshua died. And, like, actually figuring out what I want to do with that information and letting it, like, sink into my my daily life. Um, that has been fucking hard <laughs> because I know how to do the work. Like, I know how to, like, dig and, like, 
pull all of the things up and like bring it all out into the light. But kind of like what it has reminded me of is um, there's this like phenomenon that all of my ADHD people will talk about, um, about how like you'll get like a big burst of energy and you like basically uproot your entire home and you like have all of these piles all over the place because you're like, I'm going to reorganize everything all at once. And so you like pull everything out and like there's just all of these doom piles all over the place. <laughs> and then you run out of energy uh -huh. and you're just like... <laughs> well, fuck, I guess I just live here now. <laughs> Surrounded <laughs> by doom. Yes. And it feels like in, in ways this year has been a process of me quietly and very privately in many ways dealing with the doom piles. Like, mm -hmm. just sitting in my space and being like, okay, I drug all of this shit up. Mm. What now? Like, I have to find a home for it and I have to, like, like integrate it into my being. Mm -hmm. So this year has been that, a lot of that. Um, it's been a much slower pace than I have like previously been accustomed to. There's been a lot more quiet, a lot more solitude, um, very like very close to the beginning of the year, toward the end of January, I met someone I just fell head over fucking heels in love with. And I wasn't prepared for that and like what that would bring up. Um, and so like that kind of got added into the doom pile situation of like, oh shit. Um, apparently I can still catch feelings. I'm not dead inside. Um, and so like there were all of these things that required me to do a lot of like just being with myself, like introspection and also some, a lot of, not introspection, but a lot of just, like, being with what is. And, like, finding, um, finding my center again with all of the truths and realities that I had, like, pulled to the surface for the past couple of years. Mm. Um, yeah, it's been interesting. I was telling a, a friend a couple of days ago, like, this year has not felt productive for me. Like, in ways, I look back and I'm like have I done anything this year? Like, has this year been useful in any way? And yet, like, of course, um, I am learning so much through this year about trusting the work that happens underground because that's what's been happening this year. In so many ways, like, what I have been doing this year has just been, like, letting my roots deepen hmm. and, like, taking all of the things that I had dug up and letting those things become a part of my root system. Um, creating it's, fertilizer. <laughs> creating fertilizer. And it's like, it has not been particularly fun or exciting or sexy. I'm not living a good story right now, which is like generally my, like my way of orienting through the world is like, I'm going to live a good story. This year, 37 has not been <laughs> at all. It has been very much like, um, dealing with some of the deepest woundings and the deepest pains of my life. And letting those things become fertilizer and deepen, deepening my roots. That's been so much of what this year has been about. Um, and then very suddenly, as just as I was like acclimating to that rhythm, um, I had, I've had this instinct for the past, like, I would say probably like three to four months of moving into a season of contribution again like real like contribution again 
because what started to happen is whereas for a long time that like quiet was so nurturing and beautiful and good and necessary and restful um I've started to hit a tipping point where everything in my body which I trust deeply at this point is saying okay but it's time to go now like it's time to like do some things like you have Mm -hmm. created the root systems from which you can like produce and create in a way that is authentic and not um overextending myself in ways that I would have in the past Mm -hmm. all of the things so I've just been in like prayer and contemplation for some months now about like okay what next because I I haven't really had a a solid sense but I knew it needed to be something um so like two of the very big pieces that have clicked into place recently that I'm real excited about um I have been for literally years my first um my first major when I went to college was psychology my first major of course because like that's my autistic ass's special interest is human behavior and relationship and like all of the interconnections and the ways it's all woven together um my first major in college was psychology and my plan was to go be a therapist Mm. and then I ended up switching paths because at that point in time like so many of the people in my life like knew me as the music girl like that was what I did that was what I was known for in college that was what I was known for in high school like I'm a musician that's and so, so like, funny to me because I didn't know you did music until yes. like years after us right out like all like, the time <laughs> and that is all I was known for in like my adolescence and like early 20s and so um I had so many people that were just like but why would you do that when you could like do something with your music you could do like a music performance major and or you could just like go the education route and you could teach and do this thing that you're very good at I'm also an excellent teacher mm-hmm. and so like a lot of people saw those things in me and like called them out and I think at that point in time and I don't have any regrets about this because it has led me down exactly the correct path like nothing about this has been wrong um but it is interesting to reflect on how quickly I was able to be like oh yeah no you're probably right like why am I, why am I doing this thing? Yeah. Um, why am I following my instincts when I, I could just do, do what makes sense on paper? <laughs> and so like, um, I wanted to do the right thing. I wanted to do the right thing. And there was also, <laughs> also in retrospect, like I can see that the systems that I was inside at that point in time had a deep distrust of anything, mental health, therapy, coaching, anything that was like personal growth oriented because that was antithetical to keeping me in the system that I was so deeply attached to. Yeah, they had their own, like, version of yes. it. Yes, they had their own version of it. And so, like, I think there was some um, some fear for a lot of the people in my life of, oh, no, if she goes down this path, like, who will she become? There's no getting her out. <laughs> this, listen, it was always going to be this, friends. It was always going to be this. Um, but, yeah, it's been interesting for me to reflect on how, like, that was my initial instinct was, like, I want to work with people and their minds and their, like, brains and hearts and all of the things. Um, and I, like, got out of that trajectory. I'm not sad about it because I also very deeply recognize that I would have been a very different person inside that environment at that time, at 20, um, or, like, even just, like, freshly graduated college. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have been the right person for that work at that point in time. So I've like gone through this entire journey and all of the things. And for probably about the past year, there have been like nudges at the back of my brain that have been like, 
I think I might do grad school and like get my MFT and add like the tool tool belt of a therapist to my is, tool belt. MFT motherfucking therapist. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna call it that. I'm gonna call it that. <laughs> Is, uh, that's what I wanted to be that so bad. <laughs> that's so much better than what it actually is. My therapist actually had to talk me down because like when we we've, we've been having these conversations in an ongoing way. Um and she she's been one of my biggest supporters in like considering this route. Um but like the there are a couple of different ways that you can go like on the trajectory toward being a therapist but one of them is marriage and family therapist and of course I being who I am I'm like oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and she had to like explain to me she's like that's kind of a misnomer she's like essentially you're just like working with relationship that's what it is yeah. um it's not like as narrow as it sounds on paper but I like motherfucking Mother therapist so much better in fact I think that might be my brand um you're welcome thank you, you. you, you can <laughs> it. I'm good at, I'm good at those things I really appreciate that I'm gonna take that with me um yeah but like that's been like at the back of my brain and I've been so resistant to it and so resistant to it and so resistant to it and I asked Amanda this has probably been like a month or so ago I was like here's what I need you to do because she's very cautious of course as a therapist to not like interject her own like this is what I can see you doing into my process but I was just like, here's what I need you to do. Like, I need you to ask me questions that like get at the the root of my resistance. Like I need to figure out what my resistance is mm-hmm. so that I can figure out whether that resistance is valid and I actually need to go a different direction. Or if that resistance is just me resisting a thing because I can, because my baseline energetic is resistance. resistance. <laughs> um, I need you to help me figure out which it is. <laughs> and so she like asked me some good questions. And one of the things I articulated to her was, um, I don't want to go back to school to be a therapist because it's the conventional way and I don't do things conventionally. And she was like, well, then don't do it conventionally. I was like, okay that's (laughs) fair point um and then the second question that she brought up or the second thing that came up in terms of my resistance was um I'm afraid of being put into a box again like I went to school I got the degree I did the thing and I ended up in a career that I didn't love like there were aspects of it that I loved um but like I don't want to be put in a box and she looked at me and like with all of the kindness we've been working together for two and a half years now um she is one of my favorite fucking humans on the planet um but she just looked at me with all the kindness in the world was like did you honestly just say that you don't want to be put in a box and I was like yeah and she was like all due respect that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard you say (laughs) she was like are you looking at the context of your life like like you being put into a box is not even possible it's not even on the like the smorgasbord of possibilities it's not on the grid um and so like we started talking about it and I was just like because here's the thing like I don't want to be a therapist I want to be so many things I want to be a space holder I want to be a writer I want to be all of these various things um but there is a part of me that is drawn like in my body to the tools that I could acquire through this path. Uh, 
and she was just like that's that's what you're gonna do she was like literally everything you do how you are set up and I'm so grateful for this perspective on myself because I'm too close to myself to see it she was like one of the things that's that seems to be across time true about you is every experience you have every choice you make every road you go down you use it as an opportunity to acquire tools and you don't let those tools confine you or rope you into another sort of dogma they literally just become a thing that like fuels you and makes you more powerful and gives you more tools more information more like uh, a deeper well to draw from like this is you deepening your root system we've kept coming back this year to like me deepening my root system and just like literally every choice you make the way that you frame it is as a way to deepen your root system so that you can produce the like quality of work and contribution that you want to. And I was like, fuck you. I'm going back to grad school. Okay. All right. I'm going to do this. Yeah. Oh, it feels really, it feels really um, accurate because like, even when you found out you were pregnant, yeah, we had a conversation similarly and you were like, basically like, I don't want to be put in a parenting box. I don't want to be in the mommy box. And I, I was like, you can't. This is like, not even on the table. <laughs> that's not an option. Like that was never an option for you or I. No, it's not. No, we're not going like, it. No. And like the way that you've, like, I love that she laid out your timeline in that way because yes. that's, that's so accurate for who you are you take yeah. you take what comes to you in life yeah. and then you then you integrate it and you make it your exactly own. exactly and that was the thing that like um that that she brought up and, and in, in addition to it which I think is another thing that we share um she was just like also a part of you she's like as much as you rail against systems and hate them part of you is built to be inside them and to be a fucking menace inside them. Like she was like, unfortunately the reality of living in a world where we have so many broken systems is that there actually do need to be people in those systems who are like actively fearlessly challenging them and being like, okay, like I love all of this. All of this mental health stuff is great. And also part of what killed my husband was capitalism and toxic individualism both of which are accommodated for inside the mental health institution those things are accommodated for by the therapy profession and so like i i actually have a perspective that can go in and like fuck around and be I like, actually have a perspective like I actually yeah, have you fucking have a lot of perspectives <laughs> i have a lot of perspectives and so like um the other thing is that thing that she's challenged me in is like as much as i tend to be skeptical of systems she reminded me she was like systems need skeptics in order to be shifted in any way shape or form and like i have i struggled with that for a long time when i came out of the church because i was like do i need to be that person inside the church like do i need the person need to be the person who stays inside and like changes the system and that was not true in that instance. Like I, I needed for the safety and health of my actual soul and body <laughs> to exit that system. So like, I'm never going to be a person who is going to go inside 
a a framework and dick around in it <laughs> at the expense of my own soul you know what I mean yeah. like I'm not gonna do that at a, at a, at a great cost to myself yeah um but this is like work that excites me and a toolbox that excites me and so it's easy to think about going into this this particular system and being like yes this is what's great about this also this is where this is some fucking white supremacist capitalist patriarchal bullshit so let's talk about it and do something about that um so yeah i'm going back to grad school i'm going to grad school for the first time i'm going back to school okay congratulations thanks i'm really excited um i could tell it was interesting like as soon as i made the decision my entire body just went like it was like a release of um like it was just this thing I had been holding for so long and like white knuckling and trying to figure out what the like next right thing was mm-hmm. uh, and like intellectualizing the hell out of it mm-hmm. rather than just like trusting that in general if my body gives me a nudge about something it's it's pretty fucking trustworthy to just like mm-hmm. go down that road yeah. um and be open to it so I'm I'm really excited about that yeah, that's like thing number one. Yeah, so many things. Right so now. we had a conversation a week, two weeks ago. Yeah, and this had already happened. Yeah, like it just didn't come it did up. Not come for up. Either <laughs> of us. I don't know what uh-uh. why. I was still in the process at that point of like doing the actual initial application. Oh, so I think my brain was like very in the logistics of it. Yeah. Um, but it was like, once the, once I actually sent all of this stuff off, then my brain was like, okay, I can talk about this. Because yeah. <laughs> I like did the thing. I get that. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that's going to happen next fall. Next fall, my kid will start pre-K and I will start grad school. Where's pre-K? At the same time. Well, not that that's like a podcast. Yeah, no, that's fine. No, he's is it likely to be going to Harold Holiday in oh, right. KCPS. Okay. Yeah. I'm really excited about that. My child is, he's going to be almost four at that time, which my brain cannot conceptualize. That's amazing. And then thing number two, maybe it's not, I don't know what number this is, but today. (laughs) Number two, today. So we started recording (laughs) together. We had a conversation at a, uh, at the greenhouse. We had a conversation at the greenhouse one year from January. Yes. And God, this has been such a big year. I know. <laughs> and I was going to be launching this podcast mm-hmm. officially with yes. the new name. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be launching a podcast too. And um, today, you're launching <laughs> that podcast 12 months later. 12 full months later. Woohoo! Woohoo! My word process. So we had a conversation uh, yes. two weeks ago about names. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And all the like, irony and like however you like you know the way that I say things I was like just manifest it like (laughs) that's literally what happened just do it and it happened so tell me yeah his name is just fucking gold it's so good so um yeah it's I, I told Christina last time we talked like literally it felt like the only thing holding me back was the name like I had like the initial episodes like recorded and all of the initial like you have like 24 episodes I have so many episodes (laughs) like I have everything I need to launch this podcast I just like could not get past the name barrier um and like I had there were so many possible iterations of it and none none of them were quite felt right 
But I also know, again, like, we trust our process. We trust, like, if this one thing hasn't fallen into place yet, it will. And then I'm probably going to drop it that week. Like, I'm not a person who, in general, I'm not going to do, like, the three-month launch plan. I'm a manifesting generator. I have to do it when I'm fucking excited about it, which is right goddamn now. Right now. Um, But no, so, like, and it worked out perfectly because my birthday Saturday, I'm a deep root Sagittarius. The nature of this podcast is Sagittarius as fuck. I'm so excited about it. It's very exploratory, very raw, unedited, unfiltered. Um, <laughs> and like, it like made me, I've done a lot of processing about like the standards that I hold myself to as a creator. Um, and how like, sometimes I try to force myself into the box of like, having something that's like very clean and pristine and it shows that I have my shit together <laughs> and it's like I have like the three month launch plan all the things like sometimes I look at Madison's this podcast give you an indication of how put together we are <laughs> just in general the unicorn, <laughs> the unicorn squish mellow tells you all you need to know um but like I think I I hold myself to the standards of like like Madison's podcast Madison has a Virgo podcast. Yeah. I'm not a fucking Virgo. I'm a, I'm not a Virgo. I don't I don't know what it means, but I do know Madison, so I'm assuming it's like just like beautiful and beautiful and like um well thought out and structured and precise <laughs> and like and that's not who I am as a fucking person. Um I need those people in my life. Like there's a reason that I manifested like earth sign mentors like in the form of coaches in the form of therapists all of the things mm-hmm. a lot of times the people who come into my life in that capacity are earth signs because they ground me mm-hmm. um but that's not that's not who this bitch is mm-hmm. um i am mostly fire and so of course like of course the podcast is gonna be that so it made sense to me when i started thinking about it i was like oh i think this podcast wants to be a sagittarius like it wants to have that like exploratory philosophical like let's push the edges and the boundaries and like um have all of the conversations that allow us to say the quiet things out loud and all the stuff um so anyway like that's been like marinating in the background for a year now Mm. and then I don't even actually completely remember where it came up oh no I do um I had a conversation with a friend who is in the D world um i have i am queer and polyamorous and i love nerdy people and i'm also part of the kink community with and that venn diagram if you don't know anything about that venn diagram is D&D. basically like it leads to D <laughs> is right at the center of it um and so like i have a lot of humans in my life who play dnd i i personally like I love like witnessing and being there for it, but I, my brain cannot conceptualize the actual gameplay for the most part. Um, but like, there's this alignment system within the D and D world. And it's like you, they, they pinpoint any character on an axis that is like law lawful. There are two different sets, like two different spectrums, lawful, neutral and chaotic. And then there's good, neutral and evil. And so, like, a character might be, like, lawful good would be somebody who's, like, very much sticks to the rules and they're in the, they're thinking in the best interest of absolutely everyone, 
but they're like gonna follow the rules no matter fucking what mm-hmm. um a virgo lawful good <laughs> uh, that's like kind of how they orient mm-hmm. and so like that's just like an example but one of the things that a friend and I were talking about, and she is an avid D&D player, and she was like, I'm constantly trying to place you in terms of, like, D&D alignment. <laughs> she was like, you as a person are very confusing, because she was like, everything you do comes from a heart of good. She's like, you're you're clearly, like, on the spectrum of, like, evil, neutral, or good. You are good. Like, your heart and soul is aligned toward the best interests of humanity. Mm-hmm. But she was like, the part that confuses me is she was like, you are not lawful. No, ma'am you are not lawful. I was like, no, no, I am not. <laughs> You're not neutral. Like I, I, I don't really fall into a neutral category in any sense of my being. Uh, but she was like, you're also not particularly chaotic because you think everything through everything through all mm. the time. And like what I ended up saying to her out loud. And I was immediately like, Oh no, this is the podcast. <laughs> um, I was like, I think what it is is that I'm lawless like I understand the concept of rules and laws to be fundamentally flawed because they assume like most rule and law systems are set up on the assumption that like everyone operates the exact same and what's good for one person is good for all of the rest and like Mm -hmm. it pins us into this like box that's so restrictive and like doesn't allow for our wholeness mm-hmm. I resist rules and laws at every single opportunity like like mm-hmm. I poke at them I was built to poke at them to be like okay but what is the validity of this rule mm-hmm. who is me following this rule serving it's usually not me mm-hmm. most of the time mm-hmm. um my whole life I have been a person who like pushes the boundaries of the rules that I have been given and as soon as I said that out loud, I was like, that's what I am. I'm lawless good. Like, like I, I don't adhere to any like real concrete outside structure in terms of how I'm expected to show up, how I'm expected to act. Mm-hmm. Um, I follow the laws that keep me from going to jail because my kid doesn't have a second parent. So I <laughs> can't go to jail. Sure, like sure. I follow those. <laughs> But, like, in terms of, like, social contracts, fuck them. I, no, absolutely not. Um, and I have also filled my life with humans who operate that way as well. Like, mm-hmm. I would say the the primary thing that I look for in humans who are in, like, depth relationship with me is love, lawless good. Like, I look mm-hmm. for people who are, like poking at systems and asking good questions and again coming back to who benefits from this like this like rule system that is set in My place favorite question who benefits from it um and like is it you is it is it me is it the people around me is it most of the time it's wealthy white men <laughs> yeah fuck it no um so yeah so the lawless good podcast is basically set up on that premise it is me having conversations um and some of the the episodes will be solo it'll just be me processing things i'm thinking about Mm -hmm. um but i also plan to have a lot of conversations exactly like this that are just me sitting in conversation with other lawless good people um who are asking questions and living in really thought-provoking interesting ways that kind of like defy the boundaries of what we have been taught is right and good and acceptable Mm -hmm. and so like we'll talk about everything life love relationships 
money, capitalism, sex, like all the things, like it's all on the table. But the essential thing is I want to create a space where people can sit and watch what it looks like for other humans to push at the boundaries of their own life. And then maybe they can take little bits and pieces of that back to their own lives that are maybe more traditional than mine looks like, right? Um, But we all have to start somewhere. I think all the time about how like my entire journey into some of the best parts of my life, like polyamory is a really good example of this. Like my, my beginning exploration of polyamory was just literally just me listening to podcasts and reading books because I was like, I'm clearly not going to talk about this out loud because I am married and I work for a Christian institution and I live in a very traditional framework. Um, and I'm not ready to like scrap that just yet, but I needed that entry point of being able to sit in my car (laughs) privately and be like, okay, so this is a way people live. This is, Oh, okay. Like I, I, it gave me the opportunity to like, in a very low risk way, engage with other possibilities than what I had been taught. And that's what I want to create with this. Yeah. And that's going to launch on my birthday. My birthday's on a Saturday. I'm just going to casually launch a podcast on a birthday or on a Saturday. That's not advisable. Apparently I don't give a shit. <laughs> I didn't know there was advisable ways. Yeah, apparently I was like <laughs> looking at um all of the like I was looking at because I I used to do this for um I like used to launch podcasts and stuff like that when I was working as a VA. I've done this a couple of times, mm. and like there are like all of these rules and procedures that you follow, and there's like days of the week when it's best and times of the year when it's best. <laughs> Again, like going to, back to that like let's have the three month launch. What no. Um, I'm just gonna launch it on my birthday cool yeah that sounds sounds accurate I'm really excited (laughs) I'm so excited flawless good is such a perfect name it is everything you just described is very you and one of like the I've realized in this past year one of the like core pillars I don't know whatever (laughs) you want to call it of my work is that the more you it is the better it is yes like your life yeah the things you make, the way you do things, the more mm-hmm. you, the better. Yes. Because that's like your gift uh-huh. to the world is you being you. Yes. You being you, me being me, you being you. Like yep. it's when that's literally when what we're here to, for. Yes. When you're able to operate from your center and from yourself, the things that you create are gonna feel good to you yep. and they're gonna be powerfully impactful for those around you. Yep. And that's what this is going to be. That's what this is going to be. And like getting comfortable, I think too, with the idea that whatever we create from the wholeness and essence of our own souls is not going to be for everyone. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Like that's actually a great good thing because like it is, it is a relief to weed out who is like in alignment with us and who is just not like it's it doesn't have to be about good or bad like that's that's been one of the primary things that I've had to process over this year is like the pieces of me that are still holding on um to like that idea of if I do this in exactly the right way then everyone will be able to understand it and everyone will be able to sign on for the way that no that's not that's so much energy for the same result so much energy yeah whereas like the people who (laughs) 
the people who are going to find the most alignment with what I am putting out into the world are drawn to me because of that like lawless good part of who I am the part of me that just like is not gonna play by anybody else's rules like I'm just not gonna do that um and like trusting that if I put that part of myself out there that part that I have like I have spent most of my life guarding because I'm because fear of rejection like that's that's what it is like I think so many of us like the reason we withhold aspects of ourselves is because we're afraid that if we put that out there, people will reject us. And the truth is they will. will. That's true. Yeah. Um, It's just a process of learning that that's not the end of the world. That's actually in many ways, the beginning Mm -hmm. of finding the people who are like with, for, and alongside us. Yeah. And you have to like, you have to have to, but like you do need to like grow capacity to be able to be with yep the the loss and the shift yeah of of rejection to to be able to find the people who then yeah to be there and it's not it's not just a part of you I wanted to Mm -hmm. specify like your like lawless good is a part of you you're putting out there but like it's it's you it's like your essence it's my people are gonna be like yeah yeah that it's not like like as we uncover it things about ourselves it's really exciting because we're like this is what people like yes you know, that this is it but it's yeah. like it's never just the one thing no it's, it's you that... it's like the fabric of who I am yeah and that's I learned this this is my favorite statistic because I don't know any statistics because numbers don't stick with me <laughs> but like 33 <laughs> <laughs> math. I love people who are good at math that's great um we need we need you uh, but 33% of people really like you. 33% of people don't like you. Yeah. And 33% of people don't are ambivalent. They don't give a shit. And that is true no matter who you are. Yeah. You could be Taylor Swift. It's still true. Yes. yes. Like, it just is. Oh. And that is, like, that's such an important thing yeah. to to recognize yes. and to be like to adapt with and to learn to be okay with because mm-hmm. because there is actually nothing you can do to change the the 33 percent of people that don't like you's minds no. and there's nothing you can do to like make yes. the 33 percent of people who just naturally like you not like you yes you could be a total ass and <laughs> yeah yeah like, you know there's probably more than 33 percent of people that hate donald trump i bet you it's <laughs> But like that's that's intentional. That's like, intentional. He had to do a lot of work to make that many people hate. Like it's really a lot of work. What's the point? You know, there comes a point where you're like trying for that. Yes, if you tried to be an ass, <laughs> you succeeded. Like that has to be intentional work. To yes, make more people just yeah. you. Like, but like if you're just functioning in like yeah, your normal everyday alignment, yeah. you're gonna have thirty three percent of people. Yep. Like those are your people <laughs> oh I really appreciate that you named that that it's like that's not a part of who I am it's just yeah, like it's my oh no it's like you up in the morning my core essence like yeah and I think that's why it resonated so I think that's why like um and I loved that you like said the what if you just ask the universe to give it to you like what if you just like manifest it casually just <laughs> casually manifest just do that but like that's I think that's why I knew it so immediately yeah. because as soon as I said it out loud I was like oh that is my essence like lawless good is my essence and so of course like 
it's going to be the essence of all of the work that I put out into the world. Yeah. And yeah, I'm not going to change the 33%. There are always going to be that 33% of people who are so attached to the rules that they cannot even hear. Like they no, cannot even fine. hear or like, look, and that's fine. Like that's laws were built for those people who have at them. Um, and I think the, would do something best different. Part, <laughs> the best part of that is that, is not the like the focus on the thirty three percent that don't like you. The it's focus is like, oh my do. god, there's always thirty three yeah. percent of people who actually yeah. are invested here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. And that's like just a given. It's a given, and it's that's such a PowerPoint for us when we like can lean into that because the truth is also like those people can only really find us and see us if we're living from essence, if we're like living as the person we actually are. It's like you and I talked about this and I can't remember whether we recorded it or if it was just like a part of our side conversation, but like the fact that like when you and I met, like, like you knew there was something like to me, like you knew there was something like real big and like real good but also like so much of that was covered up and layered over in like the system that I was involved in and me trying to follow the rules. That's what it was. Like I was refusing to be who I actually am. Yeah. And so like, because of that, you couldn't quite get to me for a very long time. Yeah. And like the, the like organic nature of the relationship that we have and the ease that we have only exists because I finally was just like, like I'm I'm just gonna be who I actually am Mm. so I think it also speaks to like how how necessary it is if we want to live in relational alignment and ease to just fuck off with being anything that's not ourselves like because like that that like it breaks my heart to think about like the fact that like there could have been a universe wherein you and I never really connected because I was just so committed to not being who I am. And so like, I think it speaks to this deeper part of us. That's just like, if we are lonely, if we are feeling unseen and misunderstood or like have less than the depth of community and connection we long for, one of the first things I would like encourage us to look at is how much of yourself are you holding back? Mm-hmm. Because holding those that essence of yourself back is going to mean that the, that 33% that loves you no matter fucking what, because like you liked me, even, even you just couldn't quite get to like the whole of me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I want to like, I want to take that like, and, yeah. and like grace upon grace upon grace it because, because like for the longest time I had like this, this really intense, like, wrestled with god (laughs) (laughs) yeah so there excuse my ex-evangelicalism um with like this trying to like but i am showing up as me yes like i am and you you are and i want i want to say like however you can show up right now in whatever ways in whatever way in whatever capacity you have for that that's enough yeah that's good enough Mm -hmm. Just lean in. Just lean in. Lean into exactly where yes. you're at, and the right people will come. Yep. In time, there, because, there is no like you need to like get to where no. people. No, because that's not a hustle thing. No, it's, it's not a hustle thing. It's infuriating. It doesn't help. No. And and the process of you like 
trusting that you're yeah. enough yes. and showing enough of who you are right yes. now is actually the, the, the thing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, it you know? is such a, it's such a capacity building thing. Like you nailed it. Like it's such a capacity mm-hmm. building thing because like living from essence requires so much vulnerability it requires so much vulnerability and like vulnerability is something we build capacity for over time and so just like trusting the process and trusting like that the the parts of ourselves that we are able to embody will begin to magnetize the people that are like in alignment with us and that can happen slow and steadily over time there's no rush like we're going anywhere like no and and it's so it's so critical like I think it was a year ago I realized that like loving future me or like the the ideal you there was like this trend going around on in self-help that was like your like I I don't know if it was called an ideal you but it was like your hot it was like a form of your higher self but not in a spiritual sense it was just like this basically unattainable version of you and I realized there was like actually to to find like a real self love. I needed yeah. to love the parts of me that I didn't like. Yes, and like yeah. come to accept and embrace the parts of me that I was actually feeling cringy about. Yeah, because oh. doing that would yeah. then allow me to be. Yeah, and I needed to just be. Yeah, instead of like trying to be something else. And like yes. that is the yeah. that is the messy like discomfort uncomfortable like I don't want to do it kind of work because we would yeah. rather become someone that we yes. think is better that we can control. Then accept, yes. yes. Then we can accept and yep. love the whatever we actually are. Yeah. But like the process of doing that, yes, of loving those parts of ourselves, of becoming in relationship with ourselves mm-hmm. to be where we are. And all of those tendencies and our parents we don't like that yeah. we see in ourselves. Yep. Loving that, embracing that uh, is going to, to help you yes. be you. Yes. Because yep. we can't become an enlightened, not no. that we can ever become enlightened, but we can't become our whole self. Yes. While trying to escape it. No. And it's funny, like, I think like one of the most profound pieces of work I've done the past few years has been in, um, and it's kind of like, I'll, I'll talk about it through the framework of internal family systems, which is like the therapy model that like says that like, we have all of these different parts inside us. Like they're like the six year old part of Audra still very much exists inside of me and all of the wounds that she acquired at that time. Um, current day Audra still feels the effects of that in their everyday life. And so like, that recognizing that we have all of these parts inside of us and that means we're messy we messy because we're not just like because I, I think that's where we get into trouble when we start to look at some sort of ideal self because when we look at an ideal self what we're trying to create is this cohesive like <laughs> like cohesive like image essentially like we bows and how it ties yeah. up perfectly we're trying to turn ourselves into what to me at this point feels like a two-dimensional like still frame photo yeah it's not like I want to give you a photo of myself and this is who I am yeah instead of like presentation it's such a it's exactly it's just an image and it's neat and tidy but it's not true it's it might be true as like one tiny minor facet 
yeah of your being but like it doesn't make space for all of the messiness but what I'm figuring out is like the beauty I was talking with um a friend of mine about how much like part of the safety I feel in my current relationships and like relationships being across the board so like all textures all part of the beauty of what I'm experiencing right now is for the first time the way that I put it is I who I am as a person I am daddy objectively like I have a lot of big dick energy I, am I can energy. run a room like <laughs> I have that like very defined clear like masculine component that's like um yeah big dick energy that's all I got um but like the reality is I am also baby like I am also like very like soft and small and tender and I want to be taken care of and I'm like messy and insecure and like sometimes a little unavailable because I'm like running over to the side here because I don't want you to really see me and then like I slide back into my like more like the image that I curated that like protects me from the world all of those things are true. <laughs> mm -hmm. And for the first time in my life, I am in relationships with people who love all of those parts of me. Mm -hmm. And so I can just exist as whatever version of me is coming forward at the time. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's, it's a big ask. Like sometimes there are moments and, and I think I, I've had so much anxiety historically because I'm like, if I show up as the whole of me, I am so multifaceted. I don't know if anyone can hold that. Turns out they can. Turns out they There's can. A, and they prefer it. They prefer it. Like there's, I've, I've finally cultivated relationships with people who like, that's part of what they love about me is like how nuanced I am as a person and how quickly I can slip slide between these different iteration of iterations of myself. I don't need to contain it. I don't need to be less than like the universe i'm i'm multitudes and they get that and they love that but i just like could not like allowing myself to just be that like you were saying like not to be like aiming for some target 2d version of myself that's like really palatable and neat and tidy but fundamentally not that interesting like because she's not real accepting my present day self in all of their manifestations and being loved inside that is the most profound love I've ever experienced. Yeah, it's because you're actually being human. Yeah, just being a person. I think I think about like our life and our lives in terms of stories. Mm -hmm. I often tell my clients this, like you are living your own story like uh I like tv so I prefer like to like think of it as your own tv yeah. show yep um some people like movies other one of my best friends Eli prefers to think about their life as a video game oh, well, um so I really love I really love these uh these like examples of it but um for me it's tv if I'm like watching the movie like or the show I come back episode after episode not to see you be like making all the right decisions and not to mm -hmm. see you being one iteration 
not to see you being polished. I come to watch you make mistakes. Yeah. I come to watch yes. you be relatable and human and yeah. cry where I can feel it with you. Mm-hmm. Where you can just like mess up and I'm there with you. Yeah. And I can yeah. feel that experience of your life. And when I think about it like that, it's like I'm stuck in traffic like this. I'm watching the show. Yeah. It's worth watching someone be stuck in traffic because if it's the, if you're stuck in traffic in the show, it's there for a reason. Is there a reason? It's like it's part of the yeah. story. It's not yeah. perfect. It's not pretty. It's not yeah. jumping from one thing to the next. It's not actually like a sitcom. It's more like a drama, rom-com comedy. Yes, we say. Oh, I like that because it's like it's all of the things, and that's what it, that's living a good story is. That's is actually being human and allowing yeah. people to love you in that because yeah people can see you when they see your humanity exactly and like knowing that the people who love you and are witnessing your life are gonna resonate with different parts of who you are in different ways i i think about this i love that you brought up the like television or movie or like media um parallel i'm re-watching gilmore girls for the millionth time in my life oh um, it is one of my comfort shows <laughs> um but i have not watched it i haven't done a full rewatch since i had holland mm-hmm. or no no i have not done a full rewatch since joshua died since i became a single mother mm-hmm. and so i am watching lorelei gilmore lorelei gilmore through a completely different lens this time around yeah and i'm also watching lorelei gilmore as someone who has done a lot of intensive therapy now. <laughs> And I am having such a different experience of her this time around um, because my stage in life means that I resonate with different parts of her in very potent ways. Mm -hmm. And like, I can see her as such a human. Like I can see her as such a, like, there have been points where uh, I have a a dear friend who's also doing a rewatch and she and I like text back and forth occasionally. We'll be like, Oh, I hate this part. I hate when she reacts like this or something like that. (laughs) Or we'll like get salty about things. But then, like, I always settle back into, no, I don't hate that about, that is literally just, like, this is such a human character, and I'm here for all of those parts of you, because I witness so much of these parts of you, the messiness, and the, like, the, like, the parts of you that are, like, sad about the way your life panned out, and that changes the way that you interact with people, and, like, the dreams that were broken and like the things that you couldn't imagine being better than they are right now like all of the nuance is why I'm here yeah like I'm here because you are actually a character of like depth and substance um and depth and substance mean that it's messy I'm here because you are a character of depth and substance yeah yeah that's why you can be there for yourself too yeah yes like, we can witness ourselves in that. Yeah. I'm going to go pee. Yeah, you'll pee. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. I <laughs> love y'all.